Welcome to the Business Bites Podcast, the podcast for busy entrepreneurs. Whether you're an online entrepreneur or seeking after brick and mortar success, this podcast brings you quick bites of content so you can learn and grow anywhere you are. Now here's your host, Rachel Brainke. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode of the Business Spice Podcast. I am your host, Rachel Branke, and we are going to talk about something that I think the majority of you are doing as members and maybe you're already doing in your business. It's having a Facebook or some sort of community. I'm going to refer to Facebook because that is what I am using for this podcast. There's a Business Bites podcast Facebook community, and I also have communities that support all of my brands in order to allow my audience, potential customers, existing customers, all of them to be able to discuss and talk and get to know me as an individual, not just a brand, and also be able to dig into the content and information that I have to provide. So I'm gonna walk you guys through some of my top steps. Um, Really, I guess they're more recommendations and advisements of lessons that I've learned from running a Facebook community that is extremely large. I do have multiple, like I mentioned, but I have one very specific one that is reaching 50,000 members. Um, It is aggressively monitored, which is something I'll talk about here in a minute, but it is monitored to ensure that these individuals that are gaining access to this free community that I am pouring paid and free resources into, including my own time, that they are meant to be there and they are respectful. So it could be way more members than that, but I think we're doing pretty good at 50,000. I honestly don't even want to get larger than that for this specific brand, uh, just because it becomes kind of a mess, as you guys are going to see when I dig into the tips. So the very first thing that I want to um, identify for you guys is that I think it's most important when you're going to have a group that you primarily keep it educational versus promotional. Um, And this is something that I struggle with when I have smaller groups that are not very interactive. A lot of times you're just pumping your own information out there, but there's different ways that you can do this. So like for example, this very large group of mine is the Law Tog. It's the legal resource for photographers. So it's very specific to the photography industry. I don't have to pump a lot of content through there because with almost 50,000 members, we get more than enough people that are coming through the uh, pipe stream and they're adding to the discussions and questions. I do throw in um, some very strategic and scheduled um, content questions and information, but for the most part, it's not super promotional. Um, Now, that's not to say that I'm not recommending that you promote at all. It's kind of the 80-20 rule or whatever percentage you want to do. For me, my goal in these communities is to provide education because education is going to sell. And many of us are in business, obviously, because we have recognized a need or a void or a problem that our potential customers have and we are the solution. So for me, with having this group, um, or any of the brands, any of the groups, we keep it primarily educational, pump out as much of my resources and other free resources available, but I will also include links to my paid uh, products, but they're often not the first line thing that's going to go out there. And I've actually advised my admin team, which is one of the other tips I have later, that for us to really serve their question and serve and meet their needs and then provide them a paid for product that they want to get into one-to-one with me or they want a product that's actually going to fully 
fit the solution for them. So the first tip is to primarily keep it educational versus promotional. Like I said, that can be very difficult to do in the very beginning when you don't have a lot of stuff coming through your group, especially when you're thinking, oh, all I'm doing is posting my own podcast or my own articles all day long. Mix it up with some discussion topics um, and just be sure that you are going to get people to engage as much as possible. The beginning stages are the hardest, guys. You know, they really are the most difficult. And once you get going, once this big boulder that you're trying to push, it's hard in the beginning, it will start rolling and only need little taps. My second recommendation is initial questions, such as with the Facebook structure functionality they have for new members coming into your group. Uh, any sort of qualifiers, any sort of application style process, whether you're using Facebook or somewhere else, is really important. For me, I want to know, A, do you fit within the brand of what I'm serving and what this group is about because it's a closed group and I think that's really important kind of think kind of assumed here these are all closed groups because I want to have a barrier to people that are either going to market without any true educational contribution or they just don't even fit within this brand so all of my different groups are very legal based obviously I do legal niche blogs but what's really important and there is crossover but what's really important is that I don't have fitness professionals coming in and asking fitness specific questions in the photography legal group, right? There is crossover on model releases, product photography, commercial photography, and all of that. But for the most part, I'm going to use these initial questions to make sure that A, they're a professional or they're seeking to be a professional in whatever the industry it is, and also to ensure that they are not going to be there just to market to the other people in the group. I'm very wary of other vendors who sell to these same people, not because I am selfish. I mean, I am, but I also don't have to be too concerned because I don't have a lot of competitors. Um, but even if like I'm selling legal templates and someone else is coming in and providing a service for, I don't know, custom USBs or some sort of gallery download service for photographers, that doesn't compete with me, but I'm still very protective of my members because I don't want it to become a marketing free-for-all. The goal is for it to be an educational, remember, tip number one, educational versus promotional. So these initial questions and screenings allows for me to be able to ensure as much as possible that the people coming in are going to be within the industry. They're not going to try to market to those in my group. And then also, which is going to bring me to number three in a second when I clearly outline the rules and expectations of the group. But the third is that we um, ask them, are you going to obey the rules and the expectations of the community? Which is super important, obviously, I'm going to talk about here in a second. And lastly, I also utilize it as, do you want to get free legal information? They don't have to. This is not required. The only questions that are required to join the group are, you know, what type of business are you? Um, do you agree to follow my rules, right? Those are really the only requirements that I have across the board. If you want to opt in or not, doesn't matter. We don't reject somebody simply because they don't opt into our group. Uh, obviously, these are all free groups either, uh, anyways, and so it is for free education. You don't have to get on the email list, but we give them the opportunity to go ahead and submit their email address for us to add to the system, which we do on a weekly basis. So first tip was primarily keep it educational versus promotional. The second was to have initial questions for screening. And third, which I kind of touched on a bit, was clearly outline the rules and expectations of the community. It's interesting that I'm recording this today because it's in the forefront of my mind because we did have a couple of issues with people breaking rules in 
my, one of my groups when I woke up this morning that's what I woke up to and it's frustrating because we have the rules outlined when they come in the initial screening questions we have them pinned at the top of the group they're in the file section like you can't in most groups have some sort of community guidelines or rules right and so for me it's really important that they abide by these because you would think that professionals running a business would act professional in running a business but this is the internet people don't know how to use block or just ignore and scroll on by so we have rules in order to make sure as much as possible that you keep the peace and with that we do keep records of wrongdoers and we the admin team and I'm gonna talk about the admin team here in a second but the admin team and I discuss um, if someone has been a repeated offender you know anytime we remove a post we talk about it in a, in a in a moderator group if it's really egregious right and we will then decide if should this person be removed or not and things that we take into consideration are how valuable to the group they are typically maybe they're having an off day what the wrongdoing was etc etc but we also take it the time to introspectively look and go hmm is there a better way we can explain to ward off this behavior in the future is this maybe something we don't even need to try to control trolls it's just a fact of life and those are the questions that we have whenever there is a wrongdoer issue right so clearly outlining the rules and keeping records of wrongdoers because it also allows for me to compare that across to purchaser records because we might have customer service issues and you can start seeing a trend if someone is a problem in a group they might be a problem on a purchaser side and vice versa again I don't necessarily keep someone who was a negative Nancy in the group from purchasing it just is valuable information for me to have to approach any future customer service situation that may arise so outlining the rules you would think that adults would be able to act professionally but we have that there to safeguard much of it is regulating the behavior just being asking them to be professional etc I do have an extra layer of things such as no promotions within the group um, please do not promote anybody who's obviously a competitor of mine please make sure you get certain products and stuff approved through me and the reason I do that is not so I can nix it but it's things like I want to be able to safeguard my community so let's say someone asks for product X and they're giving a link to abcbusiness.com we'll come to find out abcbusiness.com has been scamming people I'm privy to a lot of the information being an industry leader so I if I know about it ahead of time I could try to prevent those types of scamming or maybe even just it's just attitude or bad behavior occurring to my members but I also don't want any blowback to come back on me any potential for them to say oh well it was recommended in Rachel's group so it must have been good like there's this underlying thought of endorsement and I just want to be able to run through it and say yeah that's good no that's not good uh, for the most part we don't have a problem with it our audience is very respectful and our community members to provide the links and if we see stuff I'm like yeah that's good I mean that's somebody I recommend anyways it's good to go uh, but then I have the add a layer for the legal stuff like please don't call out third-party names you don't want to end up damaging a potential legal claim and just things like that you got to work through your different rules to regulate behavior to safeguard your business and your potential marketing and your reputation and then third within the outlining the rules and setting expectations the third rule category is kind of what is very particular to the content that you're providing and how you can safeguard that as well so we've gone primarily keep it educational versus promotional um, have initial screening questions clearly outline the rules and expectations as well as keeping the records of wrongdoers um, next for me is also scheduling topics and content you know I do a lot of this through buffer so that it can keep engaging questions going uh, it's just easier for me to have it all scheduled out ahead of time 
And that way I can spend more time engaging in the actual comments on the post as as opposed to coming up with original content all the time. And the fifth tip that I have for anyone who's wanting to run a very large successful community is to have an administrative team, an admin team. These people are invaluable. I have paid and unpaid individuals. Um, actually, they're technically all paid. I have some that are on staff that are paid on a regular basis. And then the other admins who are not, um, they're just kind of contractors. They they receive affiliate links and such and they're required to do affiliate disclosures when they drop those links in the group but then they can also make some compensation for responding to people's posts and it's a nice little incentive so none of my admins per se are completely unpaid they all have a potential for receiving financial gain for me that was a choice that i've made because i want people not only that are loyal to me i pull them all out of the audience right they're not just random strangers off the internet who are VAs. Nothing wrong with that, guys. I do have a couple of those on my team, but when it comes to the community, I need them to know the brand. I need them to know my values. I need them to understand the workings of everything. So I either provide them a set pay or they fall into that admin with affiliate link um, incentive. And they can kind of get a choice. I approach them if they're going to come on the admin team, I will approach them with either option. you know. And if anyone wants to do it on pay, they can do it on pay too, but I will never expect that because the community does ultimately provide education to pour into my audience who will in turn then pour into me with their loyalty and their financial resources so for me it's important to financially empower my admin team and I also empower them with a lot of these tips I've already provided here especially with enforcement of the guidelines and the screening of questions into the group you know they help do um, a lot of the member requests or the application process review and they know what I'm about they know me they know the brand they know the look that I'm going for and the messaging and so they're able to help provide that brand cohesiveness and value and quality as well but yes it is very important to have an admin team be very selective on who you have because as you scale and grow your business you're not going to be able to answer every single question all the time you're not going to be able to scale and grow and do anything else if you're stuck in a Facebook group all day. Now, I'm not saying that you should just be completely removed. I see many huge influencers, podcasters, authors, instructors, industry leaders who create these groups and they basically just leave it for their admins to do everything. I That's not what I'm recommending here when I say have an admin team. I absolutely do not think that if you are a personal brand and you're injecting yourself personally into creating of even a brand that you wouldn't consider to be a personal brand, you cannot completely remove yourself out of it. You need to keep that connection because it's going to build the confidence and it also allows you to see what's going on in the group and not just blindly trust an admin team to be executing the things that you want done and how you want them done and just hope that they're doing it right so have an admin team make sure that they're loyal to you compensate them as such um, have them clearly understand the rules be very vigilant on um, them recognizing your brand the messaging and the voice that you have show value to them but also you is the very last tip you have to be integrated put yourself on a timeline of when you're going to jump in and check things out leave some little comments that goes such a long way in building the confidence and value within your community brand if you're completely void of that people start to wonder 
wonder, well, then what's the point? Uh, I have been in large groups and I get it. It's a lot of work. And when you've got a lot of things going on, you can't answer everything. And that's not what I'm expecting you guys to do. But when I never see the person's name who's attached to the group comment, it makes me wonder, then what's the point? Is this solely a vehicle in order to make them sales? Where for me, I really am emphasizing that the community group is a community of discussion to provide educational value freely. Yes, obviously it's going to go to support the site if people buy into my products by having that education, but you got to make that connection for them. And I would rather pour in and pay out these resources to help people freely um, and really serve them instead of just straight selling to them all the time. All right, guys, so those are my top tips for running a successful Facebook or community group. Again, one, primarily keeping it educational versus promotional. Two, have initial questions or a screening process. Three, clearly outline the rules and keep records of wrongdoers and enforce the rules as needed. Four, schedule topics and content so you have more time for engagement. Five, have an admin team that's going to be able to facilitate your brand and enforce all the rules and create a good community for you. And lastly, six, be you, inject you, make sure you're still integrated because it is your community group. It is not some random admin team's community group. Pour yourself in, obviously, on safeguard your time, but be invested and build a community around your brand that you can be proud of and really want to invite people into. So, guys, now here's where I can put my little shameless plug for you to come to my community group on Facebook. But before you guys do that, you can head over to rachelbranke.com forward slash EPI80, and that is going to have all the show notes from today's episode. You can also find a link to my community uh, group as well. Please, wherever you're listening, if you leave a five-star review, it really does help to support the podcast. My goal is to try to keep this as sponsor-free for as long as I can, let it to be a free resource for you guys. But in order for that to happen, I really need you guys to leave a five-star review and some sweet comments for me. And again, this is episode 80 of the Business Bites podcast. If you guys have any questions, please feel free to reach out. You can find me in my communities. Thanks for joining Rachel on this episode of The Business Bites. For show notes, a list of recommended tools, or referenced episodes, you can find them at businessbitespodcast.com. Until next time.